convening seven o'clock called the what is today the, the 9th of November meeting to order do we have any public comments I see no one on zoom and the usual suspects in the lounge in the uh, don't dismiss the town council chamber. They're here <laughs> You wish it was a lounge. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Later, Steve, later. The hang time. Hang time, I knew. <laughs> uh, we need approval of, of the expan expansive minutes from the October 26th meeting. They're on your desk. Thank you. Motion to approve. Motion to approve. Second. All those, all those in favor, say aye. 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 We don't need roll calls tonight. Chuna is not on that I can see. Mr. Helen, the FY23 operating budget adjustments. Sure. Um, Thank you, Mr. Chairman. So um, I hope everybody had a chance to read through the packet. Um, for those that are watching at home live on Franklin TV, let's go to the town calendar, franklinway.gov, uh, town website, and we'll get all the materials. Um, uh, really quickly, uh, the first page of the memo uh, goes through many points that I think many of us are aware of, um, but um, I did add in in the back just for some referential material. Um, some of the latest economic conditions out there from uh, a statewide and federal perspective. Um, and uh, I just added in, I said in the fiscal forecast over the summer, I was gonna add in an update. There's really nothing more to add. Um, and so I just did a quick update um, generally about the, um, regarding the general economic uh, condition. Um, before we dive into the budget amendments, uh, I did add in uh, to that same point um, I did add in the receipts uh, received um, uh, through September 30th, which is you know, kind of our quarter one, um, uh, July, August, and September. And the germane number that folks should look at is in the percent collected column. If you look at the aggregate of the general fund, um, you'll see 25.9%. So we're just a little under 1% uh, over where we projected. Uh, as usual, some of the categories ebb and flow because these are largely revenue sources that are based on uh, human behaviors. Um, obviously, the big enchilada is up top, the motor vehicle excise. Um, and so uh, folks just have to caution um, the, cold, the cold weather's coming up. Um, you know, maybe people aren't using hotels as much, maybe they don't go out of as often um, and, uh, and consume things. Um, and so some of those revenues may be a little buffed up because of the summer or fall. And just like we do with human behavior, we, we uh, go where we want when we want during the whole year. Uh, but uh, generally what we try to look at is that aggregate um, because some are underperforming, some are overperforming. And so you look at the aggregate of the local receipts and you look at the 20, 2023 budget is 10921251 is the number we had estimated. And we're now at about 2.8 million. Um, uh, as long as the motor vehicle excise tax comes in, um, those numbers should look pretty good by the time we get in March. Uh, barring any major other unforeseen circumstances, which there could be some based on what's happening these days, um, everything looks pretty good from a local receipts perspective. 
Um, and so uh, with that, it's kind of a backdrop. Um, tonight, uh, many of you uh, know from previous years, but just for the folks watching at home and some of the newer folks, if you live in a small town, typically you have a town meeting in the spring, and oftentimes most communities have a town meeting in the fall, uh, or what's called a special town meeting. This is kind of the same thing that we do here, we just have a different form of government. This is our kind of special town meeting. Why do towns do financial uh, matters oftentimes in the fall? Because the state budget is complete. Uh, we have better revenue projections again, like I just said, based off of quarter one local receipts. Um, and, uh, and we can kind of recalibrate and see where all the expenses are. In the case of this, and I'll go through it in a minute, some of the expense light items when we get into May as well are all projections like debt service uh, or health insurance and some other accounts. Um, and, uh, and so when we get to the fall, towns traditionally by law have to uh, finalize their FY20, in this case, their fiscal year budget prior to the tax rate uh, setting, which is required by state law to be done um, you know, early in December. So this year we'll be doing our tax rate hearing, uh, shameless plug, just for Kevin Doyle, actually came the last one. Uh, that's his Super Bowl um, for sure. Um, and for those of you that want to learn more about assessing and tax rates and how we get there, uh, that'll be on November 30th. We just posted the legal ad uh, today. Um, so uh, if folks look on the second page of the memo, um, you'll see I try to break things out between revenue uh, adjustments and expense <coughs> adjustments. So the main revenues um, that will be adjusted um, are um, uh, we did, uh, the assessors have certified and will be filing for an increase in revenue over what we projected in the spring by 271000 uh, in new growth. We learned all about new growth at the last meeting, so everybody should know exactly what new growth is. <laughs> and, uh, and then the second piece is uh, the additional revenues in local receipts. This is very complicated. We'll go through the re revenue sheet in a moment if folks want, but uh, the host community agreements and the opioid settlement money um, have shifted those numbers a little bit based on the changes in state law over the summer. Um, and the town has received its first uh, two smaller installments of opioid, excuse me, settlement money, which the town expects for 20 years. Um, the amounts that we were told we were getting were not on a, we have a spreadsheet the Attorney General sent us with every single payment. Um, I will say the payments we got did not add up to what was in the spreadsheet. Um, but that's okay because eventually the town will be creating a stabilization account which is authorized under the statute for all of the opioid settlement money. So eventually the opioid settlement money over the next year will be coming out of the budget like it is now and will be actually be going into a whole separate statutory fund to uh, deposit those cash. Uh, so it's basically like a piggy bank, if you will, for those watching at home who don't know what a stabilization account is. So those numbers, uh, have switched, uh, and local receipts have switched just a tiny bit. And then finally, if you look at the third major category, uh, which is called state aid assessments and other revenues, uh, we saw approximately about a $290,000 increase in state aid. Um, while that sounds good, and it is good, I also will caution folks that given the per pupil cost, and we'll go through this in the revenue sheet in a minute, the per pupil cost got doubled uh, this year uh, at the end of the legislative session and some, may, and some have asked me, well, why wasn't there a bigger amount of money? Um, and you'll see when we get to the revenue sheet, uh, the charter school dynamic as well as 
um, the uh, school choice and some of the other formulaic areas of Chapter 70, as we've said to this committee many, many times before. Um, um, the Chapter 70 state aid formula, we are in the quote unquote hold harmless section of that, where because of the significantly uh, amount of declining enrollment the district has had from year to year over the last 15 years, we will never see, unless they pour, you know, tens of billions of dollars more into the system, we are unlikely to see any massive amount of state aid increase that would amount to uh, any significant revenue. So other communities did see, because of that per pupil increase, um, um, those districts did see um, some significant bumps, um, either if they were having huge enrollment numbers or they were underperforming schools. So neither of which is the case in Franklin. Um, and then quickly, in the expense uh, adjustments, um, the my budget is not going up uh, in the expense item in the town administrator's line item because of some big huge increase. That's where the cannabis fees and the opioid settlement money will be, um, so that we can uh, pay out those contracts um, to those vendors, uh, particularly the Safe Coalition. Um, on that, uh, the elections line item, uh, we did do a quick uh, uh, amount of money, about fifteen thousand, due to the new laws around early voting and mail-in voting made a small adjustment there. Um, I did note the library on here because uh, folks may see a 75,000 deduction on expenses, 75,000 in personnel. Um, the library, um, many of you remember the MAR. I still don't remember what that acronym is. I think it's minimum something requirement. Um, the MAR is a state library formula. And uh, for years we were, we were on a wait list. We, were, we didn't hit it. We've had a commitment to that for five years. We've hit MAR, and so as a result, the library has a little bit more expense money than they need. So for collective bargaining, we're just moving the expense money for the increases from collective bargaining to personnel, so it's just an easy uh, shift of resources. The largest increase in the budget um, in this proposal tonight um, is in the debt and interest category. As I mentioned a moment ago, it's about 225,000. As I mentioned a moment ago, uh, the debt uh, and interest from the borrowing early this spring, um, we now actually have those numbers, and that's why we come back and adjust the numbers in the fall to meet reality. Um, and so there's an increase there from the borrowing for the Horace Mann uh, drainage project as well as the uh, interior municipal building renovation project. Uh, and then finally, um, some folks will say, well, what, the, cement, the numbers don't add up. That's true. Um, the additional revenue, the extra couple hundred thousand that's kind of lingering out there in people's math, uh, what we would have done if that extra state aid or some of the new growth didn't come in, um, the comp reserve line item would have been reduced that's that amount. Uh, but seeing as how there's a little extra revenue that's there, uh, we're going to leave the extra revenue or the proposals to leave it under comp reserve. Um, for uh, the typical reasons, which are usually unforeseen personnel decisions, retirement costs, uh, which we have had a couple of unannounced retirements just over the last month. Um, and with the labor shortage of people coming and going, um, having that there certainly helps the town with recruitment and retention. Um, in additional collective bargaining, there is one contract that is still outstanding. Uh, and finally, um, uh, Mr. Chairman, I anticipate hopefully in January or February, your meeting will uh, have an overview of hopefully our completed compensation and classification plan. Um, and as I, and so it's a little bit uh, of an extra cushion there. Um, and just so that the public knows, if any unspent money is in that account or any account, uh, 
the entire budget, um, any unspent monies at the end of the fiscal year. That is what rolls into what's called our free cash pool, which for many of you that are in the committee, that's where we do our annual capital uh, plan from. Free cash each year um, is where we derive uh, the capital plan for facilities upgrades, dump trucks, police cruisers, fire trucks, all that other stuff. So uh, that's an overview of the memo. Um, the resolution that you have in front of you does show a bunch of transfers. Um, they're smaller amounts. All of those transfers, other than the ones that I just mentioned, are, uh, are being transferred out of Comp Reserve, and you'll notice down in the line item 910 in benefits, uh, a deduction of 430000 All of that money is being proposed to be transferred into the actual personnel budgets of the departments um, that reflect the collective bargaining agreements that are, have been completed. All of the municipal collective bargaining agreements have been completed with uh, the exception of one, and we hope to have that completed by the end of the calendar year. Um, so I'll stop there, and uh, before I go on to the revenue or control sheet, uh, Mr. Chairman, and just ask if anybody has any, any questions. Questions? I, I do kind of, but I don't know if it goes into the control sheet of just kind of asking a little bit about that. Um, so the 700000 that was the compensation reserve, that was kind of just the bogey that was out there because it's like CBA hasn't happened, all of that, right? Okay. And then we bumped it down, I get, because now it's actually flowed out. Which, how many years is the CBA negotiated for? Yeah, for three years. Three years, okay. Okay, so right now there's 270 left, which I know is a little control sheet. So that's a little higher than in the past, but it kind of gives you a nice reserve and then probably if history repeats itself, that'll come down as any other adjustments happen. That's exactly right. So um, usually the amount in that is about 100 to 150,000. I can't remember off the top of my head, but generally in that ballpark. Um, so in off collective bargaining years, uh, that account is significantly lower than what it is. In collective bargaining years, if you go back the last 15, 20 years, you know, that's where you um, have those revenues to be able to pay for the collective bargaining agreements. Um, you know that you're not going to finalize, you know, well into the fiscal year. So it's kind of like projecting out as best you can. Yeah. Okay. And I, I remember that from when we went through the line items. Okay. That makes sense. That was helpful. Anybody else? I have some. Um, the excise billing is that way low? Is that? Like in Jan February, March? Yes. Yeah, so we get a commitment from the state or something that time? Name and address? No. Three years, Mr. Chairman. Um, yes, so the uh, motor vehicle gets mailed, the first commitment gets mailed out in February and is due in March. And it's the largest, usually it's the first one, which is usually over 30,000 bills are mailed at one time. Okay. So, um, so think of excise not as a fiscal year, but a calendar year, which is really confusing. We went through this last time, why fiscal versus All right, thank you. You're welcome. Um, free cash, when does that start happening that you mentioned? We just got it certified yesterday. And was it? Way up or way down? Four, four point three million, which is pretty equal to last year, um, but we'll see in a couple years whether my prediction is correct or not. Um, with so much transition happening within the departments, with contracts, with services, 
uh, over the last couple of years due to the pandemic. If you notice, state revenues were so high, they're cutting $3 million worth back to taxpayers. Um, I think that we're in a cycle, a three or four year cycle due to the economics of the pandemic. Um, traditionally, as you know, Mr. Chairman, most free cash years, we were at 2.7 million, 3 million, sometimes as low as 2 million, 2.2 million. Um, and so when you look at the 10 year average, I expect the last two, this, last year and this year um, coming up to be uh, anomalies. Um, but you know, in the future, we'll see. We're not, I'm not sure. When does capital start? Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Yeah. Um, have we gotten any opera money from the county? Yes. We received 3.5 mil. We received half of our allotment. Um, so our allotment was roughly uh, 6.5 million uh, from the county. Um, half of that we've applied for and we've, had, we've actually received it, um, uh, which is about 3.25 million. One and a half million was for stormwater, um, which was for the year's worth of work to bridge the gap between where we're at with the permit and when the utility fee um, gets set in this coming year, FY24. Um, and then uh, another one and a half million approximately was for uh, the water main replacement plan for last year. We're probably gonna put in another million worth of water main replacement to the county within the next few months. Um, and then the third appropriation we just received a month ago, which was 250,000 for uh, a three-year commitment from Advocates Inc. to have a second mental health clinician on the police department to do opposite hours and weekends so that there's a greater coverage. Uh, so hopefully we can get back on track. And um, before the pandemic, the mental health clinician, for those of you that are familiar with the program, is a jail diversion grant for 10 years we got from the police department. We have a uh, licensed mental health clinician on the police department that actually goes out with our officers on calls and the goal is to try to get uh, an individual uh, lined up and uh, acclimated to services. Um, so one, we can prevent the repeated calls to that address. Two, we can get the people the help that they need. And also three, it reduces uh, emergency room visits um, in the ambulance. All three of those, the return on investment is surreal compared to what we actually pay. All of this is through grant, through grant funding. Chief and I had a plan at some point that we would try to get those folks on actual staff, but you know, right now uh, the community will have a second mental health clinician for the next three years. So that was a quarter of a million dollars. The county just announced at this meeting, actually at the council meeting a month ago, when they were here, that um, uh, that they just opened up the next 25%. So now towns are not eligible for 50% of their money; they're eligible for 75%. Um, and unshocking to me, I couldn't believe this, there is now, the county has 169, 170 million, and they've now authorized 75% of that to be spent, or applied for, um, and only like a tiny fraction of the communities have actually applied and got their money. And um, so we're way ahead of the curve on this stuff. And number two, um, the commissioners said when they were here that um, due to the federal regulations over ARPA money, if other towns don't start in, in calendar year 23, if they don't start applying for the money and start getting it with qualified projects, they're actually gonna redistribute other towns' resources to other towns who are already using their money. So 
Um, I'm sure you can see it in my eyes, right? Uh, uh, just keep going, right? Um, and uh, Congressman Offenkloss was here in this uh, summer, um, and he uh, gave the town two huge thumbs up and said that this was about as good of a community using the ARPA money as he has in his district for what it was intended to do. So I think the plan for the county money will stay the course with either sewer and water infrastructure uh, throughout the community. Um, they take a percent. Three? Three percent. Two and a half percent of the three is for all of the lawyers, consultants, accountants, uh, online portals, and all that other stuff, basically administrative costs, and then a half a percent goes to our county projects. Presumably the courthouse, the Aggie, uh, you know, maybe their own programming that's eligible, um, some of the facilities, uh, things of that sort. Okay, one more question on that line. How many counties we had? 13 counties? 13 counties. How many Used to. still operate? I know Norfolk does. I don't think Middlesex does. I think it's less than a handful. I think um, Dukes County is still in effect on the Vineyard. I think Barnstable County is still in effect on the Cape. Um, uh, Bristol. Bristol, Norfolk, Plymouth. Suffolk. Um, I don't know if Suffolk County government exists anymore. And then there's Franklin Regional Council of Governments, which is called FERCOG, whole different system. They have no choice but to regionalize because there's very few people who live out there. Um, there's like 30 towns in Furcog. Um, and I think Berkshire County still exists. There's about a hand, maybe five or six of them. Middlesex is gone, Essex is gone. You know, the big ones are. All right. Uh, question one yesterday is Do you anticipate that? See, because I think there was a little shell game on that, just a personal opinion. Two, two billion dollars was the anticipated take, but if, and it says education and transportation, if I remember correctly, but that doesn't mean that they can't reduce what they would normally have given in the budget process. So this year we got whatever the, the, the Chapter 70, some order. They could lower that and then give us some of the money from the two billion. Uh, am I correct in that assumption? I think it all just goes right into the same pool. Um, I don't think the ballot question had stringent percentages with how they were spending it, like 25% here, 25 there, 25 here, whatever. Um, ultimately, I think, I, I believe the legislature put out at least some sort of um, objective common goal towards the, I think, transportation and education, if I'm not mistaken, were vast, overwhelming majority of where they've committed the money. But I think how that gets spent, where it gets spent, what problems they're solving, you know, um, obviously is up to them on an annual basis. I don't think they're going to be deducting anything. <laughs> it's just a guess. I, think, I, I don't think it's about shells moving one pot into another. I think it just goes right into the entire general revenue pool well, there's no, there's no requirement. I think that the. I don't think they could. I think I the think law said subject to appropriation. Right. Three key words. Which is right. So. Which they have to do. I think if I recall the ballot question, this was supposed to be on the ballot like six years ago or eight years ago, 
and I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe the Supreme Court or the Attorney General at the time rejected the constitutional amendment because of that issue. They couldn't put in the Constitution for some reason how they were going to spend the money, so it was just subject to appropriation. It just formally passed, by the way. They just announced it like an hour ago. Yeah, <laughs> what prompted the question? Oh, okay. Um, I have a question. I look through all of this. You know what I don't see here is the school's revolving funds. Do they appear on our books somewhere? They do not. So the school department um, has, you know, I mean, you can ask them in December. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure there'll be many questions throughout the year uh, of the revolving funds. Um, but most school accounts are all etched in state law. I mean, in, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase it conveniently just to articulate. I mean, they, they basically operate under a separate set of laws in terms of municipal account. So they have a lot more leverage and, and flexibility to use the money um, than the municipal departments. Just because they don't. It's not on our book. You can think of it like this. Their revolving funds are equivalent to our local receipts, right? Their revolving funds are for fees, athletics, school transportation, yada, 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 right? All down the line. And so it's kind of similar to our meals tax, our building fees, our fire ambulance receipts. It's, it's pretty comparable. Um, but we have to report all that into this. They have their own set of reporting standards under the statute. Maybe they'll bring it in December. I'll make sure they do. Just so that, you know, Mr. Chairman, you don't have to go back and come back and, you know, I'll, I'll ask them to bring a report. I'm done. Anybody else? I think the only thing left is to that's just my rule, is to get a motion to um, I'll make a motion that we um, prove the transfer of five hundred and forty-two thousand. The is it, transfer is not the the correct. There's a resolution in the packet um, to raise an appropriate transfer and adjust the FY23 budget. You see that? The move that we down the bottom. Um, recommend to the council is a better word, I guess. To raise an appropriate transfer and adjust the FY23 general fund individual appropriations in the amounts and to the accounts specified in the memo in total. And, and amount to an increase in the operating budget of $542,567. Second. Second, you did. Yeah. All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Anyone? That's it. Eight here. No, seven, seven. Future agenda items beyond the school committee in uh, December. Anyone? Um, we've, we've been through most everything, other than our friends at the back of the room. I mean, we, we're going to have to start 
recycling. We've been through DPW, police, fire. Um, I don't think the building department has ever been in, building and inspections that I remember. You could have the permitting staff come in. I was gonna suggest that there was an, I mean, you're also, I can't believe I'm gonna say it, but probably five months away from everybody coming in for the budget hearings. Um, if you want a comedy show, we can bring Brutus again for DPW, but um, I will say, Mr. Chairman, con the compensation classification plan from HR uh, is a pretty big deal. At some point, probably in January and February, we get that finished. That's a project that probably needs a deep dive. Um, and then I think, um, I think it would be the, the senior center is coming to the council on in December because it will be the one year, basically the one year anniversary of our new director and assistant director. So they could come in certainly later on if people are interested in that. Uh, and then the permitting staff, you're right, planning, health, inspections, uh, passports, you know, all those those folks down the first floor certainly have been the town clerk. I'm sure the town clerk wouldn't, she's probably not watching tonight, she's probably sleeping, but you know. I, I have a question, Farah. The, it's funny, the, the, I'm sure everybody voted. It was very slick, slick getting in, the, the little thing, but going out it was still a, a pile of paper that they had to flip through. Yeah. And that just boggled my mind. Yeah. Well, they also had the order of receipts that were printed out, so they knew they were you. Huh? That was new. But somebody had to sit there and yeah. pages and pages. It was electronic on the inside right. and paper and going back up. Didn't make a lot of sense. But, yeah. I guess well, money for the other electronics. Except I didn't know what precinct I was in. You know, there's storm water, there's, um, you know, I'm just trying to think of the things this year. Um, there's the first floor, there's stormwater, which is another big deal. I know some people don't want to listen to it, but you know we'll be doing PR around that because there's a new bill coming. Um, it should capture people's attention, but it hasn't yet. When, when is stormwater on the bill for the first time? July. It's coming July. We're still working with the consultants to work out the utility and the building and all that stuff. So it may be, um, eventually, hopefully it'll be baked into the water sewer trash bill, but you know this year, a couple years, it may be one bill, you know, in the winter um, to get the ball rolling. Um, that one would be really interesting, I think. Cause I, I'm trying to think back to when we last met on it. It was like there was all those exclusions, right? Depending on like if you had a like I don't know any. I'm sure sure that's changed. Now that we're getting closer to it, yeah. Credit. And Brutus is always a good show. Just don't tell. Them. <laughs> Do we have specifics for the school in December? Like, are they come? Like, are they looking at us to provide what we want here? I think the more you can tell me okay. what they want, the better it is. Yeah. Just redistricting is top of mind right now with everybody, um, and so just curious yeah. when we think about long-term financial plan with the schools, how is that getting considered when we're thinking about yeah. redistricting? I think would be beneficial. Just if it's not being talked about extensively, it's probably going to kick off pretty soon. Obviously, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a huge financial. Yeah. Uh, has a huge financial impact for sure. Anything else that folks want to curiosity about the schools? 
I think just overall how they're starting to plan, right? So we saw last year how their budget went up, and I'm making up numbers, say it was like their budget went up 15% and overall revenue growth was like 5% and how, like what are they doing to think about that and bridge that gap? Yeah. And of course my curiosity is how come we can go from 6,400 students to 4,700 and still have that jump and still have that kind of, and I understand, you know, all the, you got to do's in the state and all that stuff, but that, that's a that's a 25%, almost a 25% drop. And the budget has gone up every time. Significant. Cost that's, but is it a 25% drop in things that cost a lot for the budget? I'm just, I'm just saying students themselves, and there's a cost per student. Yeah, but not every student has the same cost. Oh, true, mm -hmm. and that's what we'd like that's to hear. How you can, that's what I'm trying to figure out. If, if, if uh, the businesses we were in had a drop of 25% volume, mm -hmm. somebody would be looking for cuts, not rising costs. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Excellent question. Yeah. I'll be happy to make a graph that we <laughs> <laughs> The graph sort I think you should, George. I think we should. It looks like this. I want to maybe um, even we're on the record, so maybe they'll watch the tape. I think this is We can have Miriam's graphs next to your graphs, George. And we can pair graphs from the finance committee and the school business administration. Okay. Any other any other topics of, of so we got stormwater, we got permitting and inspections and health, uh, well, comp and class. You know, if, I guess. Um, it is a personal interest that police and fire have made major changes in how they operate, both of them. We've gone to the four by tens in the police department and the battalion chief and that whole thing. It'd be nice to get a, a quick overview of how did it go. Does, do the troops like it? Yeah. Is it working? Are there glitches? You know, you will, um, and I'm not trying to dismiss that suggestion for uh, a highlight, you know, or uh, uh, part of the Bill Dow deep dive series. Um, but I, I know that both of the chiefs are going to address that in their budget narrative for FY24. And I know because, you know, now we're back to your point, we're not, we're through now multiple contract cycles with both um, unions. And in fact, both have taken out language, particularly the police. Um, over, um, there was a phase-in period, you know, of I think 36 months, if I remember, um, if I remember correctly, you know, now it's it's been taken out. There's no more phase-in period. It is what it is, and I think the things like that are a good sign. Um, I guess what you're going to hear of from both of them is that, in fact, I know it's not a guess. Um, you know, they're feeling it. I think uh, at a staffing level that's quite significant. Um, you know, when we look at local receipts. We're looking at fire ambulance receipts too, right? I mean, that's a part of local receipts. And I think when you see those numbers going up, it's telling you that not only, yeah, it's a revenue source and you can look at it on a revenue sheet, but that's call volume happening and that's ambulance runs going to the hospital, that's staff that run those things, it's apparatus that has to do that. And if that's what the public's demanding, whether, whether we like it or not, it's an emergency situation, however that happens. You know, I think they're both getting fairly close to uh, to just tapping out with what they with what we have. So I think you're going to hear a pretty pretty good message from them on on. In the, and I said this to you guys before. The number one thing I hear of every single day 
is speeding. It's just speeding, the aggressive driving, the tailgating, the um, cutting corners, the blowing off of, of lights and rules, um, you know, all of that stuff, whether again, right or wrong, it's what I hear people are feeling the most, and that is probably the number one concern I hear of from citizens uh, in the office. Um, I know the chief gets a lot of it too. The council, you can't go a meeting without some sort of inquiry coming up about that issue. Um, and the only way you can deal with it is, you know, signs don't work. I'm sorry to tell everybody this. Um, it's heartbreaking that to lot of citizens often that signs don't work. <laughs> they do a little bit, like on King Street, the slowdowns before Parmenter, but um, it's gonna take traffic calming measures and infrastructure improvements, and it ultimately it takes more professionals to be out on the streets. When people get tickets, that's when they start to realize things. So, Classic example of staffing, the bad accident we had there at Gather. We had neither a fi no fire trucks and no ambulances available. They were all on other calls. They were all out at the time, which is really kind of, I think you're seeing, um, you know, the, back to the mental health clinician, I think you're seeing, you know, you're just seeing a very, very big spike in mental health related calls. And I think there's a, I don't think I need to tell anybody this, but um, whatever it is that's overwhelming people, I think the police and public safety infrastructure systems in all of our communities around here are feeling it very, very much. And I think that's why you're seeing, um, we hear this in other communities too. Why Franklin show up over here? Why are they here? Where's no? How did Norwood get here faster than we did? Right. That's what happened last week, um, and that's one of the reasons why. It's not because Norwood was here faster. It's because every apparatus between here and Norwood was already out on the little call. So um, I think you're going to hear that coming up over the next few months. But the battalion chief was there and did his job. And did a heck of a job. Uh, and I mentioned to Alicia tonight, I, I think it's coming up in the uh, in a Franklin Fire Prider. At a Norton football game? She will be here next Wednesday. Yeah, Vicky, people want to. Somebody. And yeah, and, uh, so if you want to watch next week's council meeting, people, I don't want to give it all away, but you can <laughs> tune in then. Uh, and you know, it'll be the first thing on the agenda, so hopefully people will be uh, happy. Uh, we got an amazing staff. You saved the life, is the, is the point. She and, and an athletic trainer. Yep. Enough of that. A motion to adjourn. All those in favor, aye. Good night. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tin Type Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. 
Search in Podcasts for Franklin Matthews.